Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. So someone other than themselves healthier. Uh, this is all about population health and passion for health and the stories of the people and heroes uh, in this industry that are moving things forward with health in the world. And along those lines, I have Chris Racinos on the show. So Chris is uh, the CEO of Nurse Leader Network, uh, and she's also the chief nursing executive or chief nursing executive at Kaiser Permanente. But anyway, I'm not going to steal her thunder. I'm really glad that Chris peeled off time to do this. Chris, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony, for having me. It's a pleasure. I've been waiting to get on this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate it. And, you know, I know you have a very interesting background and, you know, you have a strong passion, you know, for health. But uh, I won't put you on the spot too much here, but maybe you can teleport us back and take us back. You know, origin stories are, are super important, as you know. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit what led you to become the person you are today. So there are two hugely pivotal things that happened in my life that led me to where they are. So I'll walk you through each of them. The first part um, is that when I was um, 15 years old, I found myself in a hospital bed and I was alone in that hospital bed. I was having the worst pain of my life in that hospital bed and I was alone. And so the reason I was alone was because I grew up in foster care and in foster care, when you go to a hospital, they tend to leave you at the hospital when you need to be there and they pick you up when you're ready to go home. Mm. The reason I was in the hospital was because I was in labor with my first baby. Mm. And so um, my nurse really guided me through everything that I needed to know about labor and delivery, everything I needed to know about caring for a brand new baby. I mean, she really was my idol and it was just seeing her um, teach me how to go through all of that really was just something super impactful and was the moment that I decided I needed to become a nurse to give that back. Now, side note, um, as I went through foster care, I had a nurse that really helped mentor me. I mean, she taught me everything about child rearing and um, how to raise a child and educate a child. And and she was just a hugely, really important piece of my life um, in foster care. And flash forward to about a year ago, I'm in a meeting giving out an award for one of my units on patient experience. And I look over and I see this nurse. And she, I knew she was familiar. I knew I had worked with her at another organization and she looked at me and and then we both started to kind of have some tears in our eyes mm. and I walked up to her and I was like where do I know you from like I know that you we worked together was it at you know this hospital or that hospital and she was like Chris I was your nurse when you had your little baby harmony <laughs> and so she was actually it was interesting to know that and then the nurse that really instilled in me who I was going to become I eventually became to, to, you know, oversee her units. And it was just kind of full circle for her to see what the impact she really had and somebody was. So that was one reason I decided to go into nursing. And the reason I decided to start Nurse Leader Network was because in 2017, um, my daughter, Harmony, I, um, she was that teen daughter. When I was a teen daughter, she was my first child. She um, was a pre-med student at UCLA. And um, in 2017, I went to wake her up for her school because she usually was gone by, you know, by the time I woke, was getting ready to leave and she hadn't left yet. And as I w approached her door, I found a note right outside the door and it said, don't let the kids see I love you harm. And so I opened her door and I found her lifeless in her bed and my daughter had taken her life. And so that really was the starting point of my work around suicide prevention. And then last year, there was a study that was published that showed that nurses are really 
um, one of the highest disciplines in the country in terms of looking at professions that are taking their lives. And it just wasn't okay to me. And I knew I needed to make and fulfill some purpose through my daughter's death and, you know, not watch any more of my nursing colleagues take their life or physician colleagues take their life. And so that really was why I started the Nurse Leader Network. And that organization is an organization that gives nurses the tools to build their career. It helps them with finding life work balance that we reduce burnout, burnout reduce turnover, reduce suicide. Um, and then it gives them the social community of nurses so that they could, you know, connect with one another and help revolutionize healthcare. So that's kind of my story terms in terms of you know how I got to where I am two really important things that have happened they would not I would not be where I am had they not happened mm -hmm. um so I'm just kind of moving along with the journey wow 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 Chris yeah no um, I really appreciate um you know where you've been and, and I'm sure your daughter would be proud as well you know in what you're doing um and so I'm so sorry to hear about the story you know obviously you know most most heroes in this field of health you know have come from some sort of you know, extreme point of pain or trauma, you know, as you may know or heard my story, you know, I started my company Health Hero because I lost my dad to heart disease. You know, he passed away from a heart attack in front of me. It was his first and last heart attack. But, you know, to lose a daughter is, is something I cannot uh, fathom. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sure your daughter Harmony um, is looking down and, you know, extremely proud of what you're doing because you're, you're right, you know, burnout is so, so, you know, um, such a big problem right now and it's obviously this year especially right it's going to get worse and so it's a blessing what you're doing I'm in full support of what you're doing at Nurse Leader Network and you know I'll pray that it, it, it continues to to grow and to flourish and to impact other people and uh, no it's it's and so thank you for laying out your, your story and super impactful and it, it, it you know really you know strikes me to the core so I, I really appreciate and support what, what you're doing um, Chris, tell me a little bit more about the present. Tell me a little bit about more your focus, um, you know, Nurse Leader Network, what you're, and, and what other things in health um, that you're, you're super passionate about. Um, obviously, suicide prevention hotline, you know, and it's so multifaceted. Um, but tell me a little bit about the present and what has your captivation today. So... I mean, what you, you you know that my background in terms of what's happened really has just put mental health in my heart. And so mm -hmm. um, what I'm loving that I'm seeing is that people are now beginning to take notice of that. Mm -hmm. um, what, what I see is that now there's organizations like yours that are really moving on um, the behavioral health piece, right? So how people make their decisions, why they're making their decisions, and what motivates their behavior. And so I really love that organizations are now focusing in on the piece that really makes us whole, right? It doesn't matter how good your physical health is if you don't have mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's something that's um, that's just great that I'm seeing that's on the horizon. Um, I really, really love that I'm seeing all of these little startup companies that are revolutionizing the way that we are providing healthcare. So I interviewed somebody on my podcast, Dan Weberg, mm -hmm. um, from Trusted Health, and he talked about his organization, which is he calls it a match.com meets Yelp for nurses. And <laughs> so it's a place where, you know, you can be matched to an organization based on what you're looking for and what they're looking for. And then you can um, decide based on the reviews if it's a place you want to work at. And I think that the industry is really going to see it's already hard to recruit nurses and physicians and advanced practice providers. And it is just going to get harder, especially for those organizations that aren't doing right by their people. Mm. Um, I, I have another um, a person that I'm connected with and she um, oversees the nursing innovation hub and her organization lets nurses bring their ideas for apps and tech and her organization helps make them come to light. She has the programmers behind it that are willing to support that. And so mm. just seeing these different organizations and the way that they are, 
really um, utilizing their skills in different ways outside of our traditional operations in healthcare is um, fantastic and it's the right place to go. And, you know, if you're a healthcare organization that is really rooted in the routine model, you're not going to be around in the next five to 10 years. Mm, mm. I love it. I love the innovations that I love that you're helping that, um, you know, helping, uh, you know, these startups and these innovations uh, take ground and, and root. Um, and, and it's, it's super powerful. Um, you know, as you're speaking here, one thing I, I know of too is like, you know, everyone, I, maybe it's just me, but I always have, I grew up in Brooklyn um, grew, and, and then, uh, and then Florida and then um, I'm a, I'm out here in Silicon Valley, um, but I still have a lot of friends sometimes that are kind of going through ups and downs. And sometimes you never know if they're, you know, on that verge. I've had friends that um, have taken their life, have had, you know, mental health issues and things like that. You know, maybe just for our listeners out there, you know, what, according to Chris, what are the top three things to be mindful of if they have a friend that, um, you know, a friend or acquaintance or someone they interact with that may have behavioral health and maybe, you know, um, contemplating, you know, suicide, harming themselves or, or others. What's what's like the modern protocol in 2020 to, to go to? Is it the, you know, tell them always to go to the suicide prevention hotline or is it just kind of curious there? Yeah. So the fact of the matter is that one in two people will know somebody in their lifetime who dies of suicide. Right. Um, right. The fact of the matter is that, you know, most people that die of suicide, you don't realize because they're the happier ones. They don't, they, they're not the kind of folks that you're just like, okay, I know they were going to die of suicide. My daughter actually was super happy, supportive. She actually saved a friend from suicide four weeks before she took her life. Mm. And she was just the person that had everything going, right? Like she was beautiful. She was at UCLA. Like she had all great grades, very, very non-traditional what you think in your mind. And so I think the first thing to think about is you need to check on people, whether they seem okay or they don't seem okay. Mm, mm. Um, and so, because you just don't know what's going on in people's minds. And the the biggest piece is really bringing it to light and having real combos around, if you were diagnosed with cancer, where's the first place that you would go? Mm. To your doctor, right? So if you're experiencing any signs and symptoms of depression, you know, anxiety that you don't, you just feel like is unmanageable, any of those kind of things, um, that is important to reach out as yourself because what will happen is you'll eventually lead to coming to a point where you might be questioning your life. And so um, the first thing is really opening it up, having a real combo with people and asking them, how are you doing? Mm. Now, when people give responses like fine, it's, it's probably important to assess the situation. So when they say fine, however, you see that they are um, sleeping more or less than usual, or they're pulling away and they're not hanging out with you as much and they have excuses for everything, or you see them selling stuff. My daughter was a huge gamer and right before she passed, she was telling people, um, uh, she sold all her gaming stuff and I was like, what's going on? Why are you doing this? And she said, oh, well, I'm a student and it's distracting me. But it was a, the 100. We know that that's a sign, right? It's just mm -hmm. people can make excuses. So dig deeper. And then if you if you suspect that somebody might be going through there and there's some things that make you at a higher risk, right? If you've had somebody who's died of suicide in your past, have a history of depression, mental health issues or um, substance abuse. If you've had, you know, those kind of things, if they've happened, you want to dig a little deeper. And the number one thing you can ask somebody to find out if they want to die of suicide is to ask them, do you want to die of suicide? And it's okay to use those words. We have to normalize those words because mm -hmm. in people that are dying, that want to die of suicide, the fact of the matter is they don't want to die. They 
just want the pain to stop. And so when you ask them that question, a lot of times they'll tell you, yes, I do. I do want to die of suicide. Um, to assess the severity of that, you're going to want to ask, do you have a plan? And if they tell you they have a plan, the next question will be, um, do you have the things that you need to complete your plan? And if that's the case, you need to stay with your friend and you need to call 911. Wow. Wow. So um, now if it's not that extreme, let's say mm-hmm. it's somebody who's just like, I'm really stressed. I'm going through a breakup. I'm losing a job. I'm, you know, whatever the stress might be. Um, and they're just like, I'm really stressed. That's when it would be appropriate to refer them to different tools out there. So the suicide hotline is definitely one. If they're thinking about dying of suicide, there's a crisis text line. That's not just for suicide. They can use it to text if they're having any type of life crisis. There's a lot of different um, apps out there like Headspace. So I know for healthcare professionals, I can speak for myself. It's hard to go and ask for help because I Mm -hmm. don't want to be seen as somebody who's weak or that can't lead. Or I think even bigger is I don't want anybody knowing my business, right? I don't want to go to my own Mm -hmm. healthcare where I provide healthcare to say, hey, I have this weakness. And it's part of stigma. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of resources outside of where you work that you could receive care. So um, I think the biggest things are, you know, just really being mindful of having friends that are doing things that are different, eating more, eating less, withdrawing, not talking as much, um, you know, making thoughts of uh, comments like it's better if I wasn't here, those kind of things, digging mm-hmm. in and then really assessing if they have a plan. Got it. Got it. And, and Chris, uh, just to, to round it out, the su- there's a suicide prevention phone number. I know there's, you know, Logic Song that has the phone number in it. And I'm, I think that's the official number, but then there's an online chat feature I think they have as well. And then there's a crisis line, correct? That's correct. And um, those that work for the American Foundation of Suicide and all of their advocates, I'm an advocate for the AFSP. Mm -hmm. um, We lobbied to get a three digit easy number to remember, just like 911 in the event of a crisis. And we actually got it passed. And so what's happening Mm. right now is we are working on deciding, getting um, the courts are deciding what that actual number will be. Mm. Um, We're thinking it may be 966. So instead of 911, it'll be 966 and that'll be across the country. Wow. So more is coming on that. We should hear more about it in towards the summer um, or later part of the year in terms of what that number actually be. And it'll be a national number that you can dial to get help. Blessing. Wow. Powerful. Thank you, Chris. That's, that's amazing work. And that's so super powerful. You know, three numbers can make, you know, such a big difference. And so, um, well, thank you for that, for laying that out um, and, and for the process. Cause I, I know a lot of our listeners listening, um, everyone's got, so knows someone and doesn't, you know, feels there's that stigmatization and awkwardness of asking the right questions and they want to help. And then some are a little nervous to ask the extra little question, but, you know, thank you for giving us a little bit of a blueprint of what's that extra question or two to really confirm and ask, uh, Chris. So, um, blessing of a work that you're doing. Tell me more, Chris, along those lines, what you're doing here sets the foundation, a firm foundation for, for parents, for siblings, for, uh, for friends to help people in the future with, with your work. But when it comes to healthcare, and maybe even your business, what are things that you see happening in the future that you want to see happen in the future? Or said another way, tell me about the future of health and your area of focus, uh, according to Chris. <laughs> so this, I'm going to say, is beyond according to Chris. But like I said earlier, we know that without mental health, there is no physical health. And I think mm-hmm. people are just beginning to understand the, the um, relationship between mental health and your physical health. And so where I believe I'm going to see, we are going to see healthcare change is that mental health will become more of a priority than physical health. And let me tell you why, Mm. because mental health drives all of our behavior. 
Uh -huh. So if you um, are content with your life um, or if you um, feel good about what you're doing, you're likely to make different choices. If you see reason and have found your purpose um, or if you're living mindfully, you're, you're more willing to make different decisions. And so an example of that might be if you have a patient that has um, diabetes and it's because of their diet, um, so type 2 diabetes, what at what point could we have pinpointed in their past where we could have made, um, where we could have influence and help them uh, choose better or differently with their foods? What piece of it do they not understand? Mm. And a lot of times it's just really where we're at with our emotional status or our mental status or um, our behavior thought process or our values. And so mm -hmm. if we want to be preventative, it's not really okay, let's just eat well. It's looking at the drivers behind eating well. It's looking at the drivers behind. So social determinants of health are one thing. Yes, your zip code does um, determine your health. But let me tell you, I came from a terrible zip code and I still was able to go on to get a PhD and make a mm -hmm. decent thing. And it's because of my value systems and it's because of the state that I had in my mental health and in the decisions that I made. And so I think by focusing on, you know, we're seeing companies do this. For example, um, Weight Watchers. My sister just joined Weight Watchers, and so she's been really trying to get me to join. And I was like, mm, maybe, you know. And I realized by joining, they now offer and have a partnership with Headspace. Mm. Because they realize that we can try to lose weight all we want. But if we're not feeling our best mentally, it's there's not going to be enough driver or motivation for us to actually make those changes with our diet or with our exercise or with, it, you know, whatever. So it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken and the eggs. We know that exercise makes your mental health you know, feel better. But what do we do if your mental health is not good? How do we get you to exercise? And it's by starting on making you feel better so that you then have the driver to want to exercise. It's, it's, you know, beginning to make you feel like you can believe in yourself and that you can do more so that you can be empowered to make better choices when you purchase your food. Mm, mm, I love it. I love it, Chris. No, this is super powerful. And yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's like we're in the, as, you know, industry talk, it's like everything's like now SDOH, SDOA, zip codes and all that stuff. At the end of the day, you know, it's it's really decisions, right? And, and you know, getting from one point to the other, like all these codes are important, zip codes, ICD codes, but but yeah, the the, the mental side is you know super key. Um, I'm curious, there's a lot of doctors that, that I speak with now, and and you know, they're talking a lot about mental. How about spiritual side? You know, spirituality has been something that's been stigmatized a little bit, and like you know, oh, if you're one fake, don't mention this or anything like that. Are you seeing anything promising coming? On, on the spiritual, <laughs> if there is such a term, spiritual technology, or, you know, being able to sp focus on, you know, how the spiritual side is a little bit different than the mental side. Just curious if you're, you're, uh, you're uh, seeing anything like that. And I might be a little biased because I, I, I did a full disclosure. I did a chakra meditation earlier this morning. I felt <laughs> great. But are you seeing anything there? Are you seeing um, science or, or medicine separate the, you know, spiritual health from, from uh, mental health? I know that's controversial a little bit, but yeah. just curious if you have any thoughts. No, I definitely have that. I never, I always have thoughts in my mind. But uh, yeah, so so in nursing, we actually learned that part of a being is their spirituality, right? So there's a variety of facets. It's not just mental and physical health. There's mm -hmm. spiritual health. There's financial health. There's, I mean, there's a ton of different mm -hmm. types of health that contribute to who you are. Um, and so, although I don't, I'm not aware of any folks that are doing any work spiritually. I would caution against siloing that. In right. itself. And right. so I would say that, you know, if we're looking at taking care of the whole person, 
it's really important to meet them where they're at. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that might mean that they need help with their financial health, right? Because if we don't have the money to even pay for our rent, like who cares? Like obviously our mental health is probably not going to be where it needs to be. Our physical health is not going to be, our spirituality is probably, you know, going to be like, why God are you doing this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think spirituality is just as important um, and it looks different to everybody, right? So mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks that don't believe in any God, right. but they feel extremely spiritual in that they feel like there's, um, they have a purpose and there's a higher calling. And so spirituality, spirituality looks different and, um, to each person and is definitely something that, um, we can leverage to improve our healthcare. So, so, I mean, I think, you know, when talking about the future of the healthcare, not just addressing mental, I think it really has to encompass people where they're at. And, you know, I've seen people that they're, everything that they're doing is based on, they need respite care, right? Like they just, they're taking care of an ill person and they just need respite care. And that will solve like, you know, 99% of their issues. And so, you know, I've met people that they just have a sick and dying pet. And so they just need a support group around their sick and dying pet. And part of that might be spirituality and part of that might be financial, right? It's expensive mm. if you have a sick pet. And part of that might be mental and part of it might be physical. Um, so I think there's definitely a market for it. But I would say if there's any folks out there listening that are thinking about doing that market, make sure that you're incorporating more than that because it's a, it's a it's very, broader. very significant yeah. piece and it cannot be done in a silo. It won't be effective. Right. Amen. No, I'm right there with you, Chris. And um, you mentioned some other elements too, right? So the financial side, there's the financial side, the food side. And so like in social determinants out and, you know, obviously full disclosure and what we do at Health Hero, you know, we're trying to align people's inputs and people expressing their needs with like different ICD codes, like the the 10 new ICD codes that, you know, the Humana's and all the health insurance companies want to be able to reimburse for. Do you see any of those elements like, you know, like a Kaiser eventually like, you know, saying, Hey, you need to download this budgeting app and you know, here it is free and it will be covered by insurance. Right. Or here's a headspace subscription will be covered by insurance or here's a, here's a a year's supply of kale. Right. And it's going to be covered by insurance. Do you see any of that? Like the, the merging of like prescription of different like needs and, and having those elements being reimbursed potentially, or, you know, just, just curious. I mean, you're starting to see some of that, like with like Uber and like transportation rides and things like that. But, you know, I know it's controversial a little bit, especially on an election year, but you know, you know, should some of these things be covered, you know, for, 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 you know, for sure. I mean, I know, um, rumor has it at KP that there, there's a pilot going on, um, I don't think it's a rumor, but there, there's a pilot going on around, um, uh, um, allowing, uh, members to have access to Calm, the app Calm um, for mm. meditation, mm. and so um, so although that's not a reimbursable thing for us at this point, we know that the ROI on it is significant, right? Right. And so, um, so I see that you know in the future, I think there should be things that are going to be re- that that I think right now just to start that we're reimbursing for a lot of the wrong things. I don't think that yeah, um, yeah. you know I, I, we re- we reimburse based on quantity. Um, you were trying to get there with the value, but I just don't. We're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so I see us going in that way, but I think what, um, what'll happen is I don't know that reimbursement will happen. Let's say for, um, for, uh, you know, a, a subscription, you know, box for fruits and vegetables. I don't know that that will be where reimbursement goes, but I can see reimbursements going in. Okay. Based on your population, this percentage of folks do not have diabetes. We can reimburse on that. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I would be fearful of us reimbursing for specific ass, uh, acts. So like these, these different things, because 
as time moves on, they may not be relevant and they may, um, they may not be what the solution is. And what it does is it backs healthcare organizations into providing those services versus letting us be creative so that we could continue to drive on honing in on these things. And so Mm. I would want, I wouldn't want to see reimbursement happen just for um, those type of activities. I would really want to see reimbursements based on outcomes so that we as healthcare organizations could get really creative in terms of how we meet those, those, those outcomes. I love it. I love it. Chris, this has been super great. You know, we, we talked about, no, thank you so much for that. We talked about your background, which I really, really appreciate that, you know, um, you know, your story and has really served as a, as a foundation for what you're doing and serving, you know, for the future and the way you think of health in the future. And I, I absolutely agree. We're marching towards that direction. Um, you know, one question I have, and I guess just for the relative topic is, is sometimes, you know, what is something that you do on a weekly or daily basis for, for your own health. And, you know, probably by the time that, you know, probably over the next 60 to 90 days, uh, hundreds or thousands, uh, you know, ideally thousands of prof- um, healthcare professionals would have listened to this episode and maybe this piece. But what would you say out there, um, you know, from your experience that, you know, what are the top things, according to Chris, that, that really helps a, a healthcare professional specifically with their own health, reduce burnout? What are some things to be mindful of, some habits to kind of adopt, um, especially this year and over the next 90 days as healthcare professionals all over the, the U.S. are experiencing a lot more stress than normal? Uh, what, would you, what message would you have for those people that may be, you know, to reduce their burnout or prevent it? So for me, the first thing I had to do, and I really didn't realize I needed to do this until my daughter died, mm. was um, put boundaries around um, when I'm going to spend time with them. So um, I used to miss, you know, um, PTA meetings or field trips or doctor's appointments or whatever. My husband would take them to do all that because I was in school or because I was working. And I don't do that anymore. So if there's a field mm-hmm. trip, I clear my schedule. It doesn't matter what it, I don't care if there's an appointment to talk to um, Jesus, I'm going to clear it and be with my kids. Nice. Um, and so, um, so that's one thing that I do. Another thing is I really do, I use the calm app and I do practice meditation. So every single morning um, I've read this book called the um, atomic habit and it teaches you how to break or start a habit. Like, and it's the only thing that actually has worked. I lost like 13 pounds just using that book. It's not a weight mm. loss book. It's a habit book in like a month. And so, um, so I um, purposefully in the first 10 minutes of me waking, I do not touch my phone other than to put on the calm app. I don't look at emails. I don't look at anything. And I do 10 minutes of meditating before anybody in my home wakes up so that I have that mm. kind of, um, peace in mind. And um, I make it a huge point each weekend to have something that my kids and I really enjoy to do. So that's really where I thrive. And then another big piece of it is just service. I, I'm really big around community service. And so mm. I make it a point. Um, each month to do some type of community service. So that might be a walk, it might be advocacy, it might be mentoring somebody in foster care, but just making sure that I'm filling my own cup. And then at my job, we do two things with the team. So on Monday, we do mindful Mondays and we all just sit and talk about what's on our plate for that week and what we, where we might need help. Um, and so that's, you know, one thing that we do. And then we can kind of each look at where we can lean in and help support each other. And then on Friday, we do thankful Fridays where we go back and we were to talk about what we're thankful for. And that might be somebody at work and it might be um, something that happened at home and it might be something that, you know, whatever it was, but just something we're thankful for. And I actually do it with my family too. And it's kind of funny. My son the other day asked him what he was thankful for. And he said he was thankful for the gardeners at his school because they made his grass look so beautiful. And it just gives you a different perspective on life Mm -hmm. when you, when you practice that way. 
So, I mean, those are what, that's what fills my cup for other people. It might be something different. I, I have a, somebody who I work with and her thing is working out and she has to work out every day. I don't work out every day. I probably should, but I do not work out every day. And so that's something that she has to do every day to make sure she feels her best self. So it'll look different for everybody. But I think one thing you can do right now is really sit and think about how you can make 10 to 15 minutes to do something that fills your cup. Describe what that is and then start doing it today. Wow. Wow. Powerful advice. Thank you so much. We'll have to highlight that from this episode as well. Um, yeah, you know, it's in the, in, you know, the next, this month, the next 90 days, probably the next year. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are going to benefit from that advice. And I really appreciate it. And I'll have to check out that, that book, uh, you know, for myself, um, especially when I break down at night, sometimes and sneak in an extra schmore that I'm not supposed to eat. Right. But, <laughs> but, yeah, um, like, it's by James like I did Clear. last night by James who I'm sorry. By, it's by James Clear. So it's just, oh, it's, I love a, it. it's probably one of the most powerful books I've ever read. And it's just been beyond helpful for everybody that I've, that's read it, that I know. And for myself, so definitely recommend Nice. It. Nice. I'll definitely check it out. Well, uh, Chris, thanks again for, for being on the show. Um, my very last question for you is contact information. So if you would like anyone out there to reach out to you, say hi, interact with you on social media directly or indirectly, what would be a good way to do so? So they can find me on LinkedIn, Chris Racinos. I think I'm the only Chris Racinos, and it's R-E-C-I-N-O-S. Um, and I also have a Facebook group, Nurse Leader Network, for anybody who wants to join in on the social networking. Nice, 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 nice. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. This was great. As you work on other things, as things unfold for the year, um, please come back and share your story, your progress, and, and what's going on. You know, everything we talked about is super, super important. Um, and I really appreciate and celebrate your, your work. Um, and to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Pulse Show. This show is for anyone that has a strong passion for being of service to others, helping others out there, helping people in their health. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. This was great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.